Welcome to Sparking Genius, hosted by the Dwight Global Network of Schools, a podcast series exploring what the future of education holds. Hello, I'm Deanne Drew, Dwight's Global Education Director. There's a core educational philosophy we embrace at all of our Dwight schools worldwide that forms the foundation of everything we do. It's something that everyone in our community lives and breathes. And it's also the inspiration for the name of this podcast. I'm speaking about a spark of genius, something that we aspire to ignite in every child. A spark starts as an interest, a talent or strength, and is cultivated with awareness and purpose within and beyond the classroom. A spark of genius is a passion or a skill that helps students find their way, their learning pathway, and to grow into the people they're meant to be. I'm so excited that in today's inaugural episode, we will delve into what a spark of genius is and how igniting it can change a student's trajectory in school and in life. We're going to speak to a few guests with different insights and perspectives on this. First, I'll chat with Dr. Blake Spahn, Vice-Chancellor of the Dwight School's Global Network, about the origin of this singular and long-standing educational ethos. Next, I'll speak with design teacher and leader Lisa Wang about personalising a student's journey in the classroom based on their individual spark of genius. And finally, I'll chat with a Dwight alum, Jada Morgan, about how she discovered her spark of genius as a student and how this has led to her success in college, career and in life. Let's begin with Vice-Chancellor Dr. Blake Spawn, an inspiring educator and thought leader with the global network of Dwight Schools. Dr. Spawn received his BA and MBA degrees from Columbia University, where, fun fact, he was captain of their undefeated men's tennis Ivy League championship team. As an author of America and the International Baccalaureate, Dr. Spawn has taught English and philosophy in classrooms in the United States, the UK and Japan. Today, he serves as Vice-Chancellor for all Dwight schools in New York, Seoul, London, Shanghai, Dubai, Hanoi that's opening in 2024, and of course, Dwight Global Online School. Welcome, Dr. Spawn. Thank you so much, Ms. Drew. It's wonderful to be here with you. Well, we know you have a long history with the Dwight School, and I'm really hoping that you'll be able to help us understand Spark of Genius. What are the origins of Spark of Genius philosophy as you know it, which is obviously a very, very tightly connected ethos at Dwight? So, Ms. True, I would say the Spark of Genius, I really trace it back to my father. And when he took over Dwight, this is well over 50 years ago, Dwight was a 7th through 12th grade school. 7th grade wasn't a normal intake year. And there was a wide variety of students at the school. And my father really took it upon himself to figure out how to get the very best out of each and every student, whether they were one of the best students in the country or they struggled in certain areas. And first of all, my father saw the positive in everyone and everything and he could find something great in every single student he came into contact with. And what he did was when a student came to Dwight, 
he would really ask a lot of questions, both of the student and of their parents, and really try and understand where that student's passions lie. You know, what were their passions? What were their interests? What was their spark of genius? He would then take that and work backwards and find out what their dreams were, what kind of jobs they were interested in, what kind of colleges they wanted to go to. And again, as I said, work backwards and schedule a school experience, an extracurricular experience that really helped that student pursue their dreams and their passions. And the spark of genius is something that has really grown from one man really focused on igniting each student's passions to really everybody in the Dwight network understanding that it's our mission. And that's a great segue of taking that original vision and passion that your father had, you know, becoming this foundational element of the Dwight philosophy. What do you consider is the approach that other educators take from what he started and how do we make that happen here at the Dwight School? Well, Ms. True, as you know, our mission at all of our Dwight schools is to ignite that spark of genius in each and every child in order to build a better world. And what I've seen is whether it's the head of school like yourself or whether it's a teacher in the classroom, everyone knows that is our mission and they know that it's connected directly to our first pillar, which is personalized learning. Those two go hand in hand. And what's really important is that each and every teacher really knows their students and is able to personalize it. And what better way to personalize an educational experience than tapping into and understanding what makes each student tick and what each student loves or is passionate about. And so, you know, when I go around to different campuses or into classrooms, I'll always ask teachers, what is Johnny's spark of genius? What is Sally's spark of genius? Why? Because that teacher should know each and every one of their students' sparks, interests, because that is the only way to get each child to their full potential. And I think our teachers are so great at helping to identify and build those skills. Do you think that students during their journey at Dwight or during their time over the years in different divisions, can they have more than one spark or can their spark change over time? And how do they become more self-aware about the skills and those passion areas that they are growing? It's a great question. And the answer is, of course, we are always developing as human beings. As adults, our interests or sparks or passions can change over time. You know, with that growth mindset, who knows where our futures are going to lead us to? So the answer is absolutely yes. How do you measure the success of our spark of genius philosophy here across generations of students that you have seen take their time through Dwight and also graduate from Dwight. It's interesting. I think what we pride ourselves here at Dwight is we have some of the best students, not only in the U.S., but in the world. We also have some students that struggle in certain areas. I think what sets us apart is we are able to really focus on the individual, that personalized attention. So we allow those students with great potential to do amazing academic things. 
And we also have students that might struggle in an area. But again, we focus in on their spark because they too have the ability to do amazing things. There was a student who was an ice skater and doing very well in, in beauty pageants. She was getting help from the athletic director who was a man named Radimir Kovacevich. We're talking about a 300-pound, six-foot-six behemoth who was an Olympic judo champion. And to go into a gym and see him helping a student prepare for a beauty contest, something he knew nothing about but was researching, that was a sight to behold. So it doesn't matter what the spark is. You have to meet them really where they are. And that spark, as we said, you know, you sometimes don't know it when you're coming to school. And a student that recently graduated came in many different sparks, but he really gravitated towards the theater, you know, and ends up going to Harvard and making the Hasty Pudding Club and one of the great theater troops in the United States and being able to go and watch him perform in, in New York City and, and see that spark come alive is pretty incredible. So, Dr. Spawn, I know you've had a long history here at Dwight. Can you let us know about some notable alum from Dwight that have really shined when they're finding their spark of genius? The great thing about the spark of genius is, again, yes, we have kids from the academic perspective that have just gone on to great heights doing research. There's a student doing their PhD at Yale and neuroscience. You know, there's so many examples of that. But there's some notable, interesting sparks outside of academics. The Strokes, the great band, they were actually formed at Dwight. They found their spark of genius. They found each other here. So it's wonderful to see that. In the film industry, Antonio Campos won a Best Director nomination, a Best Director award at the Cannes Film Festival. So there's numerous things outside of you know, just the academic arena. We have athletes that are able to perform at the highest level academically at Dwight and yet still pursue their passions. You know, you have people like Ray Simboden, the great Olympic fencer. My own son is far from, you know, achieving his potential yet. He's younger, but he actually left Dwight, New York to go to Dwight Global to pursue his passion in tennis. As a family, we know he's going to get great academics and also pursue his passion in a sport. Michael Zhang, who just graduated from Dwight Global, he is a freshman at Columbia playing number one, All-American, qualified for the U.S. Open, got to the finals of junior Wimbledon. So again, able to have top-level academics at Dwight, the highest level in sports, and he's doing phenomenally well both academically and in tennis while he looks to after Columbia pursue a professional tennis career. So there's many examples in the arts we have a parent at school, Jacob Hadjigorju, whose passion when he was a student, he was a great fencer, but he also loved the culinary arts. Today, he's one of the great restaurant entrepreneurs. Jacob's Pickles, Maison Pickler, institutions on New York's West Side. And he's opening up many more concepts. So it doesn't matter culinary, sports, the arts, academics. The spark of genius is alive and strong in Dwight, and we hope that it's something educators all over the world focus on because it works and it really helps them in all aspects of their life. And we've got so many examples from across the time here at Dwight. I can only imagine over the 150 years. But 
You're absolutely right in regards to, for some students, it's the academic pursuit. For the others, it can be definitely other skill sets. They can be great communicators, great collaborators. They can be so confident in really pursuing ideas they want to go for. And I think all of us have seen that. As an educator and also a parent, what guidance would you give to perhaps other educators or indeed parents who want to utilize a similar approach at Dwight about helping their students, their children find their passions? I think the key is, you know, we as educators, I would ask our fellow educators to kind of rid themselves of their orthodoxy, be very open and no matter what your interest or passion. And yes, schools are a place to allow children to flourish academically, but it's a place to allow them to flourish as human beings, to find themselves. And the one thing that we have seen constantly is that one, not only a leader like Miss Drew has to be an example of that, but it really has to flow through the whole school. And I would say the number one thing is you must partner with the families. Nobody knows their children better than their parents. So really partnering with the families to help each student reach their full potential, that's the key. And what I would say is, even if it's a far out spark of genius, what we have found that the self-efficacy that is created when students find confidence, whether it's hula hooping, whether it's chess, whether it's the study of fish, stamp collecting, it doesn't matter. But helping meet the children where they are, that we have found creates self-efficacy and all of the sudden their math gets better, their science gets better, their reading gets better. That's the number one point of advice that I would really focus on. That's so great to hear. You're right, we have so many different great stories from all of our different campuses and it's a pleasure to relive some of those with you. Again, thank you so much for taking your time to talk to us about your perspective of Spark of Genius. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Ms. Drew. Thank you for the time and I'd love to keep talking, but I'll let you go. Next, I'm excited to welcome to the show Lisa Wang. Dwight School's Director of Global Spark Programs and Head of Design. We'll dive into personalising a student's journey based on their individual spark of genius or interests, both from a teacher's perspective and for the students. And we'll also share some suggestions of how educators can do this with their own students in whatever setting or with whatever age group of students they teach. So, Lisa, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. It's my first podcast, really, for Dwight. Well, we love the fact that you have been so involved with helping students find their spark of genius. Just to start off, what makes the IB curriculum different when compared to other types of curriculum? And what kind of benefits do you think it provides that other programs might not? Well, it's an incredible curriculum. My first year, I was just out of college, 1990, and I started teaching IB art. And it was the closest curriculum to what I was actually just doing in college. It requires students to have a perspective on the world that 
I haven't found in my other years of teaching, and I've been doing this for a while. The IB is a holistic approach to students and learning. And I'm interested in that kind of thinking. You know, holistic medicine started with, you know, health, healing, and actually holy. And in that way, I think the IB asks students to think about more than just themselves, more than just their learning, but how what they do and their actions affect more the greater world. The global perspective, I think, is amazing. The personalized learning, asking students to sort of pay attention to how they learn best, the approaches to learning. I think we have this idea of education being something that it's goal-oriented, but the IB requires it to be, it encourages students to think about the process of learning. And that is a lifelong skill that they can take with them to college and outside of college to their work life. Yeah. I think as educators, we really know and love IB, but you know, there may be parents and other educators who are not as familiar with the IB and think of it only as the diploma program or potentially, you know, not really understanding other than the rigor that they hear about the IB. Can you share, does the IB have the flexibility built into it that allows students to receive that personalized learning experience that certainly Dwight teachers want to be able to give them? You know, I think learning is a process. It's not just reaching that score. It's about the journey to get to where you are. And as an adult learner, I'm constantly curious about things and how are things made? How are things designed? How does that work? Especially now in the age of AI, it's fascinating. It's the most exciting time to be a teacher because you you know that you're surrounded by tools that can enhance the learning. Students that come into my classroom, they have taught themselves how to play guitar, how to bake a cake, how to build something. I have a student who came to us and he was building a car. He was turning a car into a solar powered car. I mean, amazing things like that. And it wasn't a course that he took in school. It was just that he was so driven and passionate about doing that. And I think the IB encourages kids to, one, reflect on how they learn best, and two, discover what they want to learn. And during the IB, in the curriculum, you have several stages. You have the exhibition, which encourages young kids to explore something that they want to know more about, the personal project is incredible. It's one of my favorite things to be at Dwight as a personal project advisor because you get to know the kids beyond what they're doing in science, what they're doing in math. It's how they can apply all of that learning into a project or discover something that they didn't even know they were interested in. And we have that aha moment many times. I, mean, I have a student who, for their personal project, was doing a lot, wanted to go to the gym every single day, and it's become a lifelong habit. I have another student who learned about tiny habits and was able to sort of make big changes in her life by just doing one small thing at a time. I mean, what a lifelong skill that is. So as a personal project advisor, you actually learn from what the students are learning too. It's an incredible program, and there's many opportunities for students to showcase what they're interested in, what they're passionate about, what their spark of genius is through the work that they complete for us in the program. That's great. Thanks for sharing about the exhibition and the personal project. And of course, there's the extended essay. There's sort of like these capstone projects that the IB is really fostering a sense of personalized learning in. So it's great to help others understand that. How do you feel Dwight 
specifically pushes personalized learning because clearly that's a key foundation when we're also talking about spark of genius. But can you help our listeners sort of understand a little bit more about how we do personalized learning here and perhaps from your perspective as a design teacher and leader? Absolutely. Well, it truly is amazing to say, but every student has their own path at Dwight. It's very interesting whether their mentor is a science teacher, but they're, you know, a theater performing. Every student has their own path to their learning. And it's almost like we offer a playlist. Okay, I want to do a little bit of music. I want to do a little bit of art. I want to explore design. Oh, physics is my thing. And, you know, that's going to help me be a better designer or a better engineer. So it's like we offer a playlist of courses and students can say, this is what I want to do. That's exciting for them. Convince us about something you're passionate about. Tell us a story of something that happened and what you learned from it. And the choices are wide open to the kids. But in the end, it's about what are the skills that I'm hoping that they're going to get that I might not be able to cover in my regular design curriculum. So it's really exciting for me. That's great. It's really interesting to share how we nurture those individual talents and passions, but through a course. So we're not splitting kids up, but really giving them a very broad cross range of skill sets to help them define what they love and what they're passionate about. Do you recall a time as an educator where you saw a student find their spark, like have that aha moment or that all of a sudden confident building sort of moment and how you then help them to encourage it and kindle that interest where they were growing that spark. Yes. Well, there's so many, so many instances of that here. Kids come to us with something that they're interested in. And sometimes during their course of time with us, they discover things that they didn't know they were interested in. Through in the makerspace, in our makerspaces, you know, we have six makerspaces in the school. So you will find in any one of those spaces, you will find an aha moment. Wait a minute. I didn't know that that's how things work. I didn't know that this is how computers work. I didn't know that this is how when you want to design something or fabricate them, how they come together. So I I see it quite often. I had a student in my digital media class who was really interested in Photoshop and Illustrator and just learning how to use, manipulate images. He also had a big passion for photography. And he's now launched a business where he helps athletes, budding athletes, create promotional materials for what they're doing. I have two students who are in our lab every day. They are building a high-altitude weather balloon. And not just one that's going to go up into the air and track data. They want to be able to retrieve it. So they need to figure out how we're going to get that balloon back and preserve it so we can do a second launch. You know, another student that I met when he was in my 10th grade design class was very interested in fashion design. He took that interest to our Spark Tank program, was able to get a grant to purchase some digital fabrication equipment. I think he bought a mini vinyl cutter and some materials for that. And he created a business called The Commission. And he was selling to students at school, but he basically created a whole line of clothing with his logo on it. We had kids wearing hats of his, hoodies of his, sweatpants of his. But I also found out that he was also a star basketball player. And the fact that he was able to have all these different avenues to express himself at quite It was so amazing. And for me to only know him as a design student and then an entrepreneur and then suddenly see him on the basketball court and see what an amazing player he was. Those kind of things happen on a daily basis here at Dwight. 
You have kids who are so passionate about something or, or address a need. We had a student who really noticed that kids really like explaining things to each other. And she ended up creating a tutoring platform. And I always encourage my students, you know, ask a friend, you know, ask, ask someone else. If you don't know it, if you're stuck, ask someone. And sometimes kids being able to explain how things work or how things are done, they learn it better. It sticks better. We know that. We know it's, it's proven that that's how things stick. And she created a whole platform called Tutor Peers that people use today, that students use today. How amazing is that, that she could take an idea and create something big from it? And I think as educators here at Dwight, because this is the philosophy of the school of really helping students find the spark of genius, we're seeing these spark moments happen all the time. And one that I think that you were intrinsically involved in that I saw recently was our Sparkathon. And again, these aren't individual students, again, finding their sparks. These are collaborative groups of students. And then within those groups, each finding that individual passion or area of skill that they are good at to help solve these great problems. And then through that process, really building those sparks of genius that we're talking about and how we are fostering that. Do you want to speak just very briefly about Sparkathon and how that has, again, enriched the journey of a student finding their spark of genius? Absolutely. So in creating the Sparkathon, we began the school year with how can all the design teams, we were dying to do a project together and someone on the team said, well, you know, I'm really into the concept of a hackathon. Let's challenge the students with a hackathon. And so we partnered, we had a client, the client was the Ocean Conservancy, and we challenged our students with a real world problem. What is going, it's something that they see every day, something they, we challenged them with the problem of plastic pollution. How do you keep it from getting into the water? How do you clean the water so it's out of the water. And then for those who may not have that engineering tinkering mindset, how do you communicate? The, the, the students who are the debate students, the students who are really interested in visually communicating an idea, how can you create an awareness campaign about what's happening to our precious water? So it was amazing. A hundred students in teams from all of our campuses got together. The work that they produced was incredible. So much to the fact to the point that we are now taking those students that won. Personally, I think all the students won, but we're taking a couple teams up to Tufts and they will be participating in another design challenge that Tufts University students are going to be doing. So it's really exciting that we are assuring and reminding kids on a daily basis that their ideas matter, that their thinking matters. And we're putting our hope, I'm putting my hope for the future, for a better world in our students, because I look to them and say, when I'm, you know, 90 years old, you're going to be decision makers, you're going to be policy makers, you're going to be the designers of our future and the scientists and the doctors, and you're going to be the ones that are going to make this world function better. So giving the kids skills to collaborate with each other. Also, you know, we know in the, in the world outside of a school setting, in the design world or in the you know, science world, people come together in teams and they come together with different backgrounds. And that is another perspective that the IB brings to us is we have students from all over the world coming together and their perspectives enrich everyone's learning. Yeah. And, you know, what I really loved from that, not only were they amazing proposals put forward from all of these different students from across our Dwight campuses. But, you know, I think that 
some students and families, even educators, can often pigeonhole certain projects or ideas so that ocean conservancy has to be a science project or has to be a certain step. But what we found is students of all different skill sets and passions becoming involved to solve a problem. So when you see students that are gifted in art come into that project and really see their gifts coming through and how they've been able to assist other students in their group to come up with a solution. Again, really fantastic way for us to nurture that individual spark of genius and see how it can branch off into so many different ideas. I'm wondering as an educator, what could you suggest to other teachers, even parents, about how to nurture that spark of genius with their own children, with their own students in any setting or any age group? Absolutely. Well, I think one, to recognize and to accept that there's no end goal to the learning and the learning is a lifelong process. I think surrounding students with interesting, passionate people. I have unbelievable colleagues, not just in my makerspace, but, you know, in the science department, in the math department, people who are fascinating people to be around, who have passion for things that, that don't necessarily you know, relate to what they're teaching. And I think it's important to surround kids with interesting people and to give them experiences, expose them to different ways of seeing the world, different places in the world, and different opportunities. And you don't have to travel to find that. You can have that through, you know, shared experiences. Well, look, it's been a pleasure connecting with you and hearing from your educators' experience about how personalised learning leads to spark of genius and just the different examples that you've come across. We're excited to see what other sparks of genius will come to light in your classrooms and other Dwight classrooms. Again, thank you, Lisa, so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Well, finally, we'll conclude this episode by speaking with Dwight alum from the class of 2018, Jada Morgan, who discovered her spark of genius as a student here. We'll learn how this has led to her success in college and now shaped her career path so far. Hi, Jada. It's wonderful to connect and have you here as an alum. We're hoping you can share a little bit about your Dwight educational journey for our listeners and specifically as it relates to your spark of genius while a student and what that meant for you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Miss Drew. It's a pleasure to be back. My name is Jada. And so I started Dwight as a ripe, young, bright five-year-old in kindergarten and was there throughout elementary and middle school and high school. So a total of 13 years. And throughout those 13 years, I was able to dabble in a bunch of different things as one would. You got to keep it interesting over the course of 13 years. And so I was able to try the different parts of the IB program, which was super interesting. And of course, I had a lot of extracurricular activities as well. I was really involved in the yearbook and I was involved in student council, to name a few. And to tie that back kind of to my spark of genius, I was able to realize through my extracurriculars that I was really passionate about storytelling and telling people's moments and memories. I'm pretty sure my college essay was about moments and memories as well and capturing those memories. And so interacting with people and communicating was really my spark of genius. 
That's so fantastic to hear. Of course, I was able to witness most of your journey here at Dwight. And of course, we capitalized on your spark of genius. It was clear to see from a young age just what a great communicator you were. And as you got older and you really delved into your subjects, but also yearbook, and then you helped out with our admissions department, sharing your spark of genius with other students, seeing if they were a great fit for our community. All of these things could clearly tell us where you were heading. But of course, that's a very personal journey. Can you tell us a little bit more about how finding your spark impacted your choices when you were going to college and now in the world after graduation? Absolutely. So I had no idea that you could go to college to study communications at all. And so when I found that out, it really honed my college search. And I was looking for colleges or universities that had great communications programs. And so I was fortunate enough to make early decision entry into Northwestern University into their communication studies program, which was just phenomenal. And if I hadn't in Dwight, you know, been able to name my interests, I wouldn't have been so set on what I wanted to do and so firm in what I wanted to do. And I was able to add other things to that as well. I was a political science major and an African-American studies major. And, you know, at the core of all of that still is this human element of telling these stories and communicating these moments throughout history, whether that has to do with black history or, you know, political history. And so it was really great in that way. And I was able to really pursue my communications interests in internships. I was able to work in the communications office for Mayor Lori Lightfoot in Chicago. So that was amazing. And, you know, other things like that, like I worked for nonprofit and PR and social media. And my junior year before I graduated the summer, I was fortunate enough to get a communications internship with IBM And so I spent the summer, you know, interning for them, learning about their communications department and whatnot. And then right before my senior year started, I was lucky enough to get a full-time offer. And now I work full-time in external communications for IBM on their hybrid cloud campaign. It's an amazing journey to see, you know, the stages of your life and how this one spark has really given you so much to feed off. Can you talk about, do you think this spark continues to accelerate as you go further into now this career choice that you've made? Do you feel it growing and continuing to ignite? Absolutely. I mean, my spark is the reason why I'm here. My job is literally my spark. It's in the title. And so, and I think that, you know, once I was able to figure out my spark, I was able to really hone in on my writing skills and my interpersonal skills. That is such a core part of my job. And, you know, the way that Dwight is structured in terms of the diploma program and its rigor has really prepared me to deliver quality products for my team. And I've been at IBM for two years and I, not to toot my own horn, but I think I'm pretty good at my job. (laughs) So I really do believe that 
starting at Dwight has helped me to get to where I am and it just continues to grow. And I continue to learn new ways to communicate and new ways to interact with people and new ways to tell stories through different mediums. Like now we're working with the media and that is something I had never had to deal with before. And it's a really exciting and interesting piece to keep evolving my learning and my spark in that way. For sure. I mean, it's such a privilege as an educator to sort of not only see the journey of a student's life while they're here at our school, but then to continue to see how you are excelling based on that spark of genius that began here. What advice would you have for students who are continuing to try and find their spark of genius? I think that first and foremost, dabble in a lot of different things that you didn't know that you might do. For example, I joined the yearbook in seventh grade because attendance was pretty low at the time. I had no idea that yearbook was something that I wanted to do. But then I made editor-in-chief when I was 13 and I stayed editor-in-chief until I was 18. And so I think that that is a key piece of it, you know, taking opportunities, trying different things and seeing what you're passionate about. And I would also say having conversations with people, your teachers, your mentors is so important because personally, I can pinpoint a conversation that I had with my English teacher, Dr. Weisenfeld, of course, he's amazing. And I was telling him that I had no idea what I wanted to major in in college. It's like, there's so many different things. It's like, maybe I want to be a lawyer. Maybe I want to do sociology. There's just, you know, at the core, it was people, but I just didn't know how to get there. And he basically said to me, what you're doing right now is communications. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're so right. And so I think like without that conversation, I might've been able to get there, but he definitely helped me. And I think that, you know, just taking the experiences of others who have been in your position and Dwight has such a great network of people who are able to talk to you at all times. And I think that it's just so important to vocalize, you know, your uncertainties so that people can really help you pinpoint your spark of genius. Like it is intrinsic, but of course, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of help to help you get there. Jada, I think you are a perfect example of how spark of genius is really represented because I think a lot of people, when they talk about passions, they think of either hobbies or they think of concrete like a sport or a particular subject area. And in fact, it's those other skill sets that we know are so intrinsically important that are part of the IB, like communication, like collaboration, all of those types of things that are indeed the other sparks of genius that help people. And you've just described how at Dwight, you are able to pursue those to then come forward and be able to say, yes, I'm a great communicator, but I've made a career out of it as well. So thank you so much for joining us today and sharing that with us. Well, these have been some insightful conversations today. When educators spark genius, it has far-reaching positive implications for students. And it's just one of the many things that makes attending a Dwight School a unique and fulfilling experience. That's all the time we have for this episode. I want to extend a huge thank you to our guests, Vice-Chancellor Dr. Blake Spawn, Lisa Wang and Jada Morgan for joining us. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a rating or a review and tell a friend. This has been Sparking Genius from the Dwight Global Network of Schools. 
I'm Deanne Drew, and until next time, stay inspired. This podcast was produced by Amaze Media Labs.